we've been covering on this subject matter of the windows now for a number of weeks. If you're here for the first time, we've been preaching on windows. It stems from the prophet Malachi's biblical passage that says that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings. The windows of heaven. We are believing for everyone in our tribe, in our new season family here, our different campuses. We are believing that man in the name of Jesus, this is a season of open windows. It's be, and it's, it's belief in action. We're really believing that God has the audacity to open up the portals of heaven and pour out unprecedented blessings in order to make us the greatest blessing to everyone we know. And it's, and it's amazing how God can open up the windows. Then we got into the scripture. And from Genesis to Revelation, we're extrapolating through appropriate biblical exegesis, biblical passages where this idea of open windows shows up. And we've talked about Noah's window. We've talked about Elisha's window. We've talked about Rahab's window. I mean, we've covered windows all across the board. Last week, we talked about David's window. If you were here last week, raise one hand. We talked about this guy named David who became the king of Israel, famous guy in the Jewish tradition. This man named David's famous, what made him famous was killing a giant called Goliath. But this David guy, and very famous now, this David guy was playing the harp for a king named Saul, the first king of Israel, and Saul tried to kill him and threw a spear his way. And by the way, if, if, if you do your biblical due diligence, there are at least 14 occasions, bare minimum, where Saul tried to kill David 14 times, and every single time he missed. Every single time he missed. And last week, God just showed up here because we all came to the epiphany. We all had the realization. We had a moment of zen. This past Sunday, we looked at each other and said, we are in this place right now because hell missed. And if you think about it a little bit more, hell didn't miss just one time two times, three times. Many of you have had so many attempts on your spiritual life, on the life of your, even your physical life maybe, but your spiritual life, your faith walk, every time, the devil has tried, and every single time he tried to take you out, here you are. So if you are one of those, just like David, that the enemy tried one, two, three, matter of fact, you lost count on how many times the devil tried to take you out, and every single time, hell missed. All I want you to do is praise like hell, miss. Worship like hell, miss. Tell somebody, I'm here because hell, miss. Matter of fact, I dare you to say, not only did hell miss in the past, hell misses today. I dare you to prophesy and say, tomorrow, the day after that, the week after that, in the, for the rest of my life, whatever the hell said, And the reason is because you're in Christ. Whatever the hell can come your way, it will miss you. And you say, Pastor, that's not really, hell touches us. Really? No, no, no. Hell, you're covered under the blood of Jesus. You have something David doesn't have. But we talked about David and then he finally, his wife got him out of the window and opened up the window and, he, and then he came out and he escaped. Years later, the same woman, his wife, the same woman is looking down her window and she sees David, who's now the king. And David is dressed in a very different way. 
And David is dancing crazy. Now, the way he's, this is the king, the most powerful man, a rock star. This is the king. And, and he's dancing radically. And I mean like a madman, like he was tripping. He's dancing, leaping, jumping, just going, just unbridled, right? She's looking at him, the same woman, same woman, looking from a window, just like the last time, but this time her attitude was different. Second Samuel 6, as the Lord, here it is, here it is, as the ark of the Lord, the covenant, the glory of God, entered the city of David for the first time, Michal, the daughter of Saul, his wife, David's wife, looked down from her window. Here's the window again. When she saw David leaping and dancing, she was filled with contempt. She judged his worship. Be weary of judging somebody else's worship. Do not critique somebody else's praise. If you do not understand why someone around you is worshiping the way they worship, don't repeat her sin. Her sin was so egregious, the Bible says, that she was not able to bear children. Her womb shut down because she critiqued somebody's worship. If you can't understand why the person around you is as loud as they are, or as animated as they are, maybe it's not you, and you don't have to be them, but don't critique them. You don't have to imitate them, but don't, you don't know what hell they've been through. You don't, am I preaching to anyone? Let me explain something. This is David. He's the king. He's stripping off. He really is. He was wearing his, his pajamas, in essence. He's out in his jammies, and he took off his royal robe. The people are not accustomed to see their king in their Victoria's Secret underwear. So all of a sudden, David is wearing male Victoria's Secret outside in public. He took off his royal robe, but that's crazy. Just the fact that he took off his royal robe is indicative of, I'm not here as the king of Israel. I'm here as a worshiper of the Lord Oh, hi. I'm, I'm going to put down my title. I'm going to put down the placards. I'm going to put down the trophies. I'm going to put down the degrees. I'm going to lay it all aside. I'm not the king right now. I'm just a worshiper. I'm just a worshiper. She critiqued him. She critiqued. This is David. Why? She critiqued the man. This is David. This is King David. David. David's been through a journey. This is David when he was a kid. Mm. When he was a teenager, early teens, he defeated a bear and a lion. He killed a bear and a lion. And he killed a giant named Goliath. Survived at least 14 attempts. In other words, hey you, if you would have survived what I survived, have you ever had a bear and a lion come your way to try to take your sheep and all of a sudden God empowered you to defeat them? No. Did you ever knock down a giant with a stone? With a stone. Kill a giant with a stone? No. Have you survived 14 attempts on your life? No. Then shut up and don't criticize me. If you survive what I would survive, you'd be worshiping the way I'm worshiping. Don't judge my worship. Don't judge my praise. We... 
We have to get to a place like David where he didn't give a holy hoot of who was criticizing him, who hated him on Facebook, who unfollowed him on Instagram. David got to a place where I don't care about my critics anymore. I'm going to worship God with all that I have. I'm going to praise God with all that I have. I wish we would find people in 2019 that would say, I don't care about my critics, my my." My haters will not impede my worship. My haters will not hold back my praise. So, but she criticized him. But we got to backtrack here. We got to backtrack here a little bit. This all started when finally David said it's time to bring back the Ark of the Covenant to this place, the new capital. Now let me explain. The Ark of the Covenant has never been there before. It went through a process from that it was in the king. It was in, in Shiloh. From there it went to Dagon's temple. From then it went back to Israel. From there it went back to different cities. Finally, David is saying, David is now king. David says, the this is, now let me explain something to you. So the glory of God, this is, this, this is actually similar to the same size. I kid you not. The measurements are really close to what it used to be. And it looked a lot like this. And, and it looked, this is inside, this is the, the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was the holiest thing on planet Earth. It, because it, it, it encapsulated in a physical way the things that God touched. So in here, inside the box, that's why it's the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of the glory of God. This represents the presence and the glory of God. So this is, before Jesus was born, this was the holiest thing on planet Earth. You're, you know, this is it. The holiest thing on planet earth was a box. And the stuff inside a box. Ain't that crazy? God's treasure chest. And God even laid out an outline, Numbers chapter 4, and Exodus, but in Numbers he repeats it, of how to carry this. You have to carry this in a certain way, and you can't mess it up. It has to be the Levitical priesthood, those that come from Aaron. It's a, a specific thing. You can't touch it. My God, if you touch it and you're not one of those, you die. In a bunch of, now, in the box, in the box was the rod of Aaron. The rod of Aaron was a, was a rod. And it was the rod that became a serpent against Pharaoh. It was the rod that Moses extended his hands and the sea parted. So it had supernatural touch. God said, boop, touched it. God touched the rod and had powers. Powers, powers, powers. Wonder twin powers activated. It had powers. So it had powers. So, so just like Captain Marvel, we had powers. So, sorry, Nathan, you like Captain Marvel, but if somebody else liked it, that's a different story. Okay, so it's, it had a rod. Inside was that power. Inside was manna. Manna was Trader Joe breakfast. Every single morning, the people of God would get, they would get food, supernaturally. They were in the desert. There were, there were no Taco Bells, Burger Kings, McDonald's, Pollo Loco. Sizzler, Ruth's Chris, whatever you, if you're bougie, Ruth's Chris, Morris, whatever. If not, so it, there was not, so God's, you know, they were, we're starving, we're starving. The people were coming, we're going to die. So all of a sudden what takes place is that God provides, you know, breakfast every morning. Supernatural. Heavens, manna from, yeah, because it came from heaven. Every morning God provided breakfast supernaturally. Imagine that. And then it had the Ten Commandments. So the Ten Commandments, now watch this. The Ten Commandments. The Bible says, if the, the, the Ten Commandments, if you obey my law, I will protect you. So that means that's protection. Manna is provision, and the rod of Aaron led them from Egypt to the desert, to the promised land. That's promotion. There was divine provision, promotion, and protection in the box. 
they were all in the box. They were, this is the, and then the glory of God would show up. The glory is the presence of God activated, so the glory of God would show up. The Bible says wherever this thing went, they had victory. If the, if the presence of God is with you, you're going to have victory. The presence of God in a box where the rod and the, and, and the manna and the commandments, here it is. You got it all there. Beautiful. They were all in a box. The glory of God 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 in a what? The glory of God was in a box. Ladies and gentlemen, the presence of God in a box, in a box, <laughs> ooh, boy, it's 2019. Here's the great news. The glory of God is no longer in a box. What if I tell you that the same glory that was in there is in here? Oh, you missed it. If you would get this after this service, you may look for four people to carry you around wherever you go. Let me explain. The same identical glory that was in here through the work of Jesus is no longer there. The same Shekinah glory, the same presence of God, the same provision of God, the same promotion of God, the same protection of God, the same power of God. If, if you're born again here, raise your hand. If you're washed with the blood of Jesus, raise your other hand. If you would die today and you end up in the presence of God, raise both hands and a foot. If you live tomorrow, you're going to live in the will of God. Raise both hands and both feet. I have news for you. You see this? You are the upgrade to this. I don't know if you're getting this right now. I'm here to tell you that you're, if you're a Jesus follower, your life is not full of curses. Your life is not full of condemnation. Your life is not full of sin. Your life is not full of failure. Your life is full of the glory of the risen God. Let me say that one more time. Your life is full of the glory of God. Your house is full of the glory of God. You asked the pastor Sam, but I don't have the rod of Aaron. You don't need the rod of Aaron. Do you see me walking around Starbucks, Walmart, Target, Roseville Galleria with Pastor Raven where she spends my money? Do you see me there? Do you see me there? Wait, every time I see adversaries, do you see Pastor Sam come out of a rod on Instagram? Have you ever seen me come out and go, here it is, some demons came against me. I have the rod. I don't need the rod of Aaron. What do you mean? I don't need it. What do you mean you don't need it? I don't need it because I have something more powerful. Pastor Sam, you're saying you have something more powerful than what Moses had? I'm not saying it. I'm telling you, yes. Pastor Sam, what could you have that is more powerful than the rod of Aaron? Moses went like this and the seas opened up. What do you have that's more powerful than the rod of Aaron? Real simple. The name In the name of Jesus Christ, every devil has to flee. Every demon has to run out of your way. Every sea has to open up in your favor. You have something more powerful than the rod of Aaron. You have the power of the name of Jesus. You have power in the name of Jesus. So you have something more powerful. You have, you, have the, you have the authority of the power of God. 
If you're with me right now, raise your hand. You have that authority. You have that glory. And Pastor Sam, what about the things, the protection? The protection is Isaiah 54, 17. Let me quote it again. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Say it again. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I'm going to declare that one more time. No weapon formed against you will prosper. So tell every lying demon to get off your back because no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I'm here to tell you to put a smile on your face and a praise on your lip because it's no longer in here. Every time we come together, if two or more gather in my name, there I shall be in the midst of them. Are you with me right now? Every time we come together, the glory of God shows up. The presence of God shows up. Every time you act in compassion, every time you forgive your enemies every time you bless those that curse you the presence of God shows up every time you turn your back on everything that keeps you away from God and pursue righteousness the presence of God shows up are you with me right now no no you're not getting this the glory of God was here now the glory of God is here I wish you would get that that matter of fact it's an upgrade on the glory Jesus is the glory of God incarnate he is the glory of God John 17 22 says I am giving you the glory that I received. It's not that Jesus ever stopped being glorious or abandoned the glory. It is the glory that he took upon, that he received. He took upon himself in order to become incarnate, in order to run amongst us and live amongst us. He, he says, John 17, 22, I'm going to give you, my followers, the same glory that I received. I wish you would get that right now. We are glorious people. We are people full of the glory. We are not cursed people. I bind every lie of the enemy against you. I I declare and decree that every generational curse is broken and every generational blessing has been unleashed through the glory of the risen Christ. Are you with me? Your children and your children's children will not be alcoholics or addicts or philanderers or adulterers or fornicators or lost in sin. Your children and your children's children will be blessed because the glory of the risen King reigns supremely upon them, each and every one of them. It is the glory of God. So here's the story. Here's the story. Here's the story. Let me, let me wrap this here. Let me wrap this. Let me get a couple guys here. So the Bible says that David wanted this in his city, the city of David. He wanted this to come to the city of David. So the Second Samuel chapter 6 says that he places it on a new cart. Now, you all missed it. First of all, it was a new cart, not old. The glory always connects with the new. You want glory, give something new. You need old wine, cannot, new wine cannot go into old wine skins because the old wine skin will burst. Jesus got on the cult to go into Jerusalem and he got on a new cult. Just like the glory, just like the glory went into Jerusalem, it, the new. You, you want to see the glory, but you want to continue to hold on to your old way of thinking and your old way of behaving and your old relationships. If you continue to do the old thing, you're never going to see the glory in the new thing. The, the glory requires the new. 
you got to give God something new. But the great thing is that you don't have to do it yourself. You don't have to fabricate the new because Jesus makes you new. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. He makes you new. I wish you would get this right now. I said he makes you new. So you're, 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 the way of thinking, the way you talk, he makes you new. He makes all things new. So this is what happened. So David says, I want it. So they put it on a new cart. So lift it up for me. You guys, now, now this is, by the way, it, they didn't carry it. You missed it because they, they put it on a cart and an ox. Now, you're, not that you're a cart and you're an ox. <laughs> but for this illustration, you guys are going to play the, the cart and the ox. Okay, because later on you're going to be the Levites. But I'm going to show you what happened. Go ahead, take it up. But by the way, David messed up. Numbers four. He, he messed up. David messed up. I just told you the order, the biblical protocol, the polity is this is to be carried by Levites, by worshipers. It can't be carried by animals. The Bible says it can't be carried. The, the order. All of a sudden, David wants it so bad, but he breaks protocol. He breaks protocol. Because he thinks he's God's favorite. So he breaks protocol and he puts it on an, a cart to be driven by an ox. You can't bypass the system. Even if you think you're God's favorite. So you're the, you're the cart, you're the ox. So that means you'll be driving. Okay, go ahead. Lift it up. This is what happened. Let me show you what happened. So cart, ox, you're driving, you're going that way. So watch this. This is what happened. This really happened. So David's going like, yeah. And then David starts to, I'm not making this up. Read it. This is so cool. So David and all the people of Israel, they're doing it in a way they're not supposed to. But they're still praising. Go back. Go back, sunshine. Go back. David and all the people of Israel were celebrating for the Lord, singing songs and playing all the kinds of musical. They were praising. And yet the process was wrong. That's called hype. There's a difference between hype and worship. Hype has all the noise, all the volume, all the demonstrations, but if the process does not line up with God's word, that's hype. Anybody hear me right now? There's a difference between hype and genuine worship. His heart was pure, but he broke protocol. So all of a sudden, go that way. This is what happens. Stop for a second. The ox stumbles. The ox stumbles. So the ox stumbled. The glory starts falling off. Stop for a second. Put it back for a second. The ox stumbled. Because the glory was never to meant to be carried. To be pulled by an ox or a cart. The glory was meant to be carried by worshipers. Oh, by the way, little interjection. Holy Spirit deposit for you right now and those listening online in the name of Jesus you were Jesus did not die shed his blood and resurrect for you to be carrying problems he did not die resurrect for you to be carrying addiction failure the past condemnation the hell you went through Jesus did not die for you to carry somebody else's problems 
Pastor Sam, but we're supposed to do. No. You're going to intercede for your brother and sister. You're going to pray them through. But you're not going to carry the worries of someone else. No, no, no. Don't get the verse messed up. Uh-uh-uh. No. Matter of fact, I'm going to prophesy to you. From now on, some of you came here and you you came here heavy loaded, carrying stuff, worries about this week, worries about next month, worries about relationship. I'm, I'm speaking to you and I sense the anointing. From this moment on, you Levites, get ready. From now on, you will carry only the glory of the risen Christ. You will carry the promises. You will carry the promises of God. You will carry the purpose of God. You will carry the destiny of God. By the way, some of you have been carrying generational things. You've been carrying things that have been passed on from generation to generation. And you've been raised in church. Some of you have gone to church all your lives and you're still carrying stuff. You're carrying on legalism. You're carrying dogmas of man. You're carrying generational things from your parents. Of, 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 oh, oh, things that were never dealt with. Things that never came to closure. You're carrying open chapters and open wounds the reason you're bleeding on people is because your wounds are still open and you're even in church I'm gonna prophesy to you from this from this moment on the only thing you're gonna carry is the power of God the grace of God the love of God the truth of God the mercy of God the love of God the joy of God I dare you listen to me I said something if you've been carrying something that you know has been keeping you down, I dare you when I say now to push it off you. You were meant to carry that. Jesus died on the cross to bear all of that. So when I count to three, I dare you to say, get off. I dare you to say, get off me and get everything that's on you that's not supposed to be on you off you. One, two, three, do it right now. Somebody was just set free. Somebody was just set Someone was just set free. Depression just came off you. Anxiety came off you. Confusion came off you. Fear came off you. Failure came off you. Addiction came off you. Brokenness came off you. Woo. Just go like this. You are created to carry the glory. You are created to carry the grace and the love and the truth. The love, joy, peace, patience, meekness, goodness, gentleness, temperance, mercy, faith of God. To carry his promises, not the problems. You carry, I dare you to raise your right hand and repeat after me. I carry destiny. Not drama. Say it like you believe it. Say, I carry righteousness. Not sinfulness. I carry truth. Not lies. I carry clarity. Not deception. Do you ask yourself, what are you carrying every day? What are you carrying every single day? The devil tries to put something on you to carry. You got to wake up in the morning and say, wrong. That's not what I'm made for. That's not what I'm saved for. That's not what I'm delivered for. That's not what I'm healed for. I'm a glory carrier. No, no, I'm a glory carrier. If you have Verizon, raise your hand. AT&T. Sprint. T-Mobile. Metro. PCS. What did I just mention?
your what? Your carriers for your phone. One of them says that if you go to the remote parts of Montana and North Dakota, no matter where you are, 99.8% of the U.S. territory, you are covered. Sprint cannot say that because Sprint, I have Sprint, and it'll jack you up. There are, I kid you not, I was talking to a reporter next to my, right off the garage of my home, and I came out, I'm walking it outside of my house, and I lost a call with a reporter from Reuters because Sprint is not the most anointed carrier on the planet. By the way, Sprint is the cheapest. For $49.99, I have unlimited texting, unlimited messaging, unlimited data, unlimited calls. I'm in the middle of Guatemala, Sri Lanka, Indonesia. I can make a call, have an international plan. I pay $10 more a month. It's the cheapest. But with the cheapness comes the fact that it does not provide coverage everywhere I go. What Jesus did on the cross was not cheap. What Jesus did on the cross was the greatest price ever paid. Are you with me right now? I don't carry anything. My, are you with me right now? Your carrier determines your coverage. Your carrier determines your coverage. Your carrier determines your covered wherever I go because I carry the glory of Jesus. I am covered. Are there any covered people in the house? And we are streaming this. I expect an email from Sprint anytime soon. So I'm done, I'm done, I, I'm finished. I gotta show you this, watch. You ready? By the way, the ox did what, what did I say? The ox what? Are you ready for a ridiculous biblical truth that few people wanna preach? What if I tell you that Jesus makes people stumble? Oh, before you were getting up shouting, now you're going like, what? That's not me. That's New Testament. He is the stone that makes people stumble. He, meaning Jesus, is the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. So they meet the fate that was planned for them. Oh, snap. That's what preachers are not supposed to preach if they want to pack out their churches. But that's the truth. I have to preach the truth because Jesus said there will come a time where some will say, I preached in your name. I cast out demons in your name. I healed the sick in your name. And Jesus says, I knew you not. I am not going to be part of that list. I got to give you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me. So I'm here to tell you the gospel makes people stumble. That's why the world doesn't like the church. Because if they like the church, then I would be worried. The church is a counterculture narrative. We love, we want to reach them. But they have an issue with truth. The fact that we don't sacrifice truth. The fact that we preach the truth about everything. And I do mean about everything. Whatever God says about family, home, marriage, sexuality, finances, racism, the image of God, life. in it. We preach the truth. And if you don't like it it's too bad you may you may stumble upon it but we're going to continue to preach the word in and out of season because let the ox stumble 
fed the ox, but you can't sacrifice truth. All right, the ox stumbled. Somebody shook one, one, one time. I'm, oh man, we're over. Let me finish. I got look out. You can't handle the glory. I love my youth, Pastor. Go ahead. So he lifted. You have no idea what you just said. This is the sermon. Watch this. So lift it up. Watch this. You have no idea what you said. That's in my notes. That's pretty crazy. So this is, this is what he did. Ready? So the ox stumbled and the thing started to fall. There was a guy here named Uzzah. Everybody say Uzzah. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I got to make him say this is so fun. Say Uzzah. I love saying that. I don't know why. It's like Uzzah. Uzzah. <laughs> I have no idea, but I guess I can say Uzzah. There was a guy named Uzzah. Uzzah was right here. This really happened, just like this. Watch. Stumbled. Uzzah says, like this. He tries to steady. He died. He died because Uzzah wasn't supposed to touch the glory. He tried to control the glory. He tried to bring stability and try to manage. You can't manage the glory. The glory manages you. The problem is when man tries to dictate where the glory can go and where the glory cannot go. We act like we own the glory. We act like we can tell the glory where to stand and where to go. We have to come back to the place where the Spirit of God is in charge again. We got to come back to the place where the Spirit of God says, I want to move. I don't, oh, we, I, I want you to see this. Uzzah, boom. He couldn't handle the glory. Couldn't handle the glory. Raise your hands. What Jesus did on the cross the blood of Jesus, I, I have great news for you. Not only can you touch the glory, the woman, the, the moment the woman with the issue of blood broke through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment and did not die, that she was touching the glory of God incarnate. I'm here to tell you right now that you and I can touch the glory. But I want you to be aware of this. Uzzah died right next to the glory. He died next to the presence of God. He died. You can be in the presence and still live without the presence inside of you. It's not about being in the presence. I want to say this one time. I'm going to finish. What gets you saved is not coming to church. Coming to church, you could be in the presence and not be saved. You can die spiritually and be in the presence. Somebody could die right now in church, and if they're not born again, they die in the presence but without the presence. There's a difference, man, because you coming to church doesn't get you saved. Going to a conference does not get you saved. But posting something on Facebook and Instagram with a faith coach, is a, quote, quoting a, no, doesn't get, none of that gets you saved. Save. None of that gets you saved. You know what gets you saved? What gets you saved is opening your heart to the grace-filled work of Jesus. When you say, wash me with the blood of Jesus, I am born. Lord, you are Lord. I, con I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That he died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins and he resurrected to give me eternal life. That's what gets you saved. A personal relationship.
relationship with Jesus, the risen Savior. That's what gets you saved. We're done. We really are done. So he died. So don't die in proximity of your destiny. He died so next to his promise. He died touching it, but not living it. He was touching it, but never transformed by it. Imagine dying so close. He was so close, and yet, so far, he died. I'm done. This is what happened. David freaks out. Oh, Uzzah, Uzzah. It sounds like, who's a dead? Who's a dead? Who's a dead? Who's a touch glory? Who's a dead? I don't know if I want glory. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, who's that? Hey, King David. Hey, Obedidum. Yeah. What you doing? I'm binging on Netflix. Obed-Edom, you're a gatekeeper. Yeah. Obed-Edom, um, something just, what happened was, I was I was celebrating and we were, and because I wanted to, and then we, I guess, I don't know, the protocol, the, I didn't read the, and then Uzzah. So what, what are you asking for? Obed-Edom, do you mind if the presence and the glory of God in a box called the Ark of the Covenant if I can keep it here for a while. Obedidum goes like this. I'm sorry, the Ark of the Covenant? The presence and the glory of Almighty God? Absolutely. Open the doors up. Bring the glory in. The Bible says they brought the glory in the, the Ark of the Covenant into Obed-Edom's house. The Bible says Obed-Edom's house became one of the most blessed houses in world history. Three months, the, the house became so blessed. They became famous for the blessings of God. Now look, watch this. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom. Stop. It, you could have stopped there with period, but it doesn't. And God blessed Obed-Edom and his entire, why am I telling you this? Because in the name of Jesus, you are about to open your house. What if I tell you the glory of Jesus is about to invade your house? No, you missed it. What if I'm prophesying to you now? What if I tell you that your house is about to be invaded with the glory of the risen Christ? Not only will you end up being blessed, what if I tell you your entire household will end up being blessed because your house is invaded by the glory of God? I wish you would get this right now. In the Old Testament, you would have the house cleaned out, which means make sure there's no devils, demons, legions, principalities, powers of darkness in order for the glory to come in. But in the New Testament, I don't care what's there right now. Now, open up your house because when the glory shows up, every devil has to run out. Every demon has to flee. Every sin has to shrivel up. Are you with me right now? What am I saying? All I'm saying is get ready. What if in 2019, Sacramento, California, the blessings that came upon Obed-Edom fall upon every single household in this church? If you're waiting...
Here's what I want you to do. I want you, this is Obed Edom's house. I want you to come here. When you get to here, I'm going to go like this. I'm going to open up the doors of my family because I want the glory of God to invade my house. I am not going to reject the glory of God. I am going to let the glory of God come in here. I'm going to say this one more time. The glory of God to about to invade our houses. We are about to become the most blessed houses in order for us to become the greatest blessing to everyone we know. The Obed-Edom got so obsessed, by the way, post-facto, after the fact, even when David died, Obed-Edom was still around. And you know what Obed-Edom did? David's son Solomon built a temple that David couldn't build because of his sinful indiscretion. So Solomon built a temple. Guess who was the gatekeeper in the temple where the glory of God was at? Obed-Edom. Matter of fact, guess who was the person who ended up in charge of the temple's treasures? Obed-Edom. Once you welcome the glory of God to your house, you become obsessed with the presence of God. And Obed-Edom basically said, here it is. After God's glory was in my house, after three months, David said, I'm going to take it out. Obed-Edom said, you may be taking it out, but I'm not staying behind. I'm going to follow the glory of God wherever the glory of God leads me. God is looking for people that are obsessed with his presence, with his glory, with his truth, with his love, with his might. So I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, we're going to open up our doors. So when, when I say that, I want you to come up here. And when I count to three, I'm going to open up my doors to my house. And I want the glory of God to invade my family. And the moment it invades my family, every vestige of sickness has to flee. Every lie of the devil has to shrivel up. Every plot of the enemy has to be exposed and done with. I'm believing this for my house, and I'm believing it for every single house in this church. Ready? Ready? One, two, three. Come on in. Ready? I'm going to open up my doors. Come, 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 come. My doors are open. Put the glory in my house. Put it down in my house. Ladies and gentlemen, I prophesy that when you get back home, the glory of God would have invaded your house, every single room, every single family member. I decree and declare that your house will no longer be a house of pain or a house of shame or a house of failure. Your house is a house of glory. If you believe it, shout like you got glory. Worship like you have glory. Declare it like you have glory. I dare you to lift up your hands and say, my house is a house of glory. Stand with me. You are standing. Those that are not standing, stand with me. What's in your house, man? What's in your house? Not shame. Not sickness, not the past, not victimization, not woe is me, not pity, not fear. What's in your house? The glory of Christ. Pastor Sam, what's that glory of Christ again? It is the manifest presence of God. In layman's terms, it's God doing things in you, with you, and through you simple where it's not just rhetoric where you literally have God showing up what's in your house glory lift up your right hand I sense glory right now you can touch the glory 
you can carry the glory. And moreover, truth be told, not only do you carry glory, the glory carries you. Christ is the hope of Christ in you, the hope of and he takes us from glory to your house. With both hands lifted, both hands now. I am speaking right now into your households. Oh. I sense an anointing to tell you that your house will no longer be a house of sin or a house of failure, a house of darkness, a house of shame. I want you to hear me clearly. Your house will no longer be a house of addiction. This very moment, God is setting your entire house free. No, no. In truth be told, theologically speaking, he said it free 2,000 years ago. You're coming to the acknowledgement and the revelation that it's free now. So now you're seeing what was actually done and executed 2,000 years ago. It's free. What if I tell you that through the blood of Jesus, you can live a life where never again will the devil have entry into your house? Raise both hands. Repeat after me. My house has a name. It is a house of glory. Never again will anything be able to rob, kill, or destroy the purpose of God, the gifts of God, the glory of God, the promises of God in my life, with my life, for my life, and through my life, in Jesus' name, they say, oh, say, by the way, from this moment on, I will no longer carry problems or drama or failures. From now on, I will carry the glory of the risen Christ wherever I go for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Please look up here. Do you really believe that God could bless a household the way he blessed Obed-Edom? Let me ask you one more time. Do you believe that God never changes? Do you believe the same God that blessed the house of Obed-Edom can bless your house? If you really believe that you can be ridiculously Super crazy, cuckoo for Cocoa Puff, unbridled, unmeasured, unprecedented, blessed. Raise both hands. I mean, if you really believe it. I want you to close every window in your house that you have opened to portals that are not of God. Repent, say, God, please forgive me, and close the window. Go back home today. I don't care if the window was a relationship, a spirit that came in. Pastor Sam, you're getting, you're getting like weird on me now. No, there are things that you can see that open up portals. You could usher in spirits by conversations, by things you see on the Internet, on Netflix, on television. 
believe it or not, Pastor Sam, that's legalistic. No, that's just the word of God. Old Testament, New Testament. There are stuff you could bring into your house. And I just sense an anointing right now to tell you, repent for whatever you open. Repentance is important. Repent, 1 John 1, 9. Just confess it. Tell God, I'm sorry for letting this thing come into my house. For letting this spirit come into your house. By the way, I'm going to say something ridiculous now. You got to be careful with who comes into your house. Because if they come in and you don't got that place covered, and, and are you, am I preaching to anybody right now? You're saying, Pastor Sam, that's crazy. Now you're telling me like to guard who comes into my life. Yes, I'm telling you who guards into you. Absolutely. Because certain people don't carry glory. They don't carry the prophetic. They carry the pathetic. They carry the anti-glory. Some people have an Ichabod spirit. We weren't supposed to go so hard. It's late now. Don't open up that window, man. Don't. So go back. Say, Lord, forgive me for opening up this portal. All I want here is your glory. And I assure you, God is merciful. He says in 1 John 1, 9, he'll forgive you. He'll usher in the glory. And your house will become, your house will make Obed-Edom just be envious of you. You're blessed. I want you to look up here. We didn't get to the part. We'll do that next week. Next week, put on your dancing shoes. I kid you not because we're going to break out. David went crazy. He just went crazy. And we're going to break that down, what he did, how he did it, what he was wearing, what the window truly represents. And this, all I'm, just next Sunday, I would say no high heels. I mean, you could if you want to. We won't judge you. But I would recommend, because this is going to break out. <laughs> Pastor Sam, but wh why do we get, it's, again, because once you get it right, once you get it right, <laughs> all right, in Jesus' name. If you got today's message, raise your hand.